Hey, thanks for joining us everyone, wherever you're watching from. We're so glad that you're with us today and excited about what God's doing in and through the church at the moment. Don't forget, we're getting ready to regather and we're just watching the government uh, advice and we're getting ready to regather in our congregations. Also, we've got exciting plans for our online congregation already. The connect groups are up and running. So make sure that if you're staying on our journey with us and you want to be a part of the online congregation, to be letting us know so that we we can be in contact with you. It's a joy to be able to speak to you today. We've had a couple of really good series that we've worked our way through over the beginning of this year. And next week, we're starting a new series, which to me is such an important series for the church concerning where we're going next. And the series is simply called Commissioned. It's going to be an incredible um, set of messages that's really going to tee us up and cause us to posture our lives for all that God is planning to do with us and through us individually and as a community of people in what's coming next around the corner um, in the days that we're living in. But today I've got a unique opportunity just to be able just to, to preach a little bit to tell you the truth. So I've said to the team, could you take the table away? I'm not even going to use any notes today. I've got some stuff on my heart. And one thing that I've missed about us gathering together is those nights and those times that we had where we just had intimate times of worship incredible times of praise and then we just heard God saying something and we just went with it so today that's what I'm going to be doing all right so get ready to send some love hearts some cheers we're gonna we're gonna preach a little bit today if that's okay um my agenda today is kind of to preach you happy and to preach you into believing God that he's going to break through into certain situations that you've been going through come on so I want I want you to be with me today whatever homes you're in I want you to be dancing around your living rooms I want to be slapping the leg of your husband or your wife going he's preaching real good today all right now we're coming out of lockdown and I know there could be some stops and starts but I'm excited to be listening to the sound that we're coming out of lockdown but you know what there's lockdown moments in our lives apart from the one that we've all gone through together right we've just gone through 15 months of a lockdown moment that turned into a bigger and longer moment than any of us attended I remember when lockdown first came in I thought maybe it'll be four weeks at the most uh, five weeks at the most and then suddenly the months and the year went past and now we're hearing the sound of the endings of a lockdown and again we've still got to be careful we've still got to be cautious but I'm loving the sound of the end of a lockdown the reality is as well as experiencing a lockdown together we've also gone through moments I call them lockdown moments all right individually now a lockdown moment could take many many different shapes and forms you can have lockdown moments and by lockdown moments I mean moments where you feel someone's holding you prisoner you're feeling restrained you're feeling things are prevailing against you things are stopping you experiencing the freedom that the Bible says that you can experience and you can have lockdown moments uh, in your finances you can have lockdown moments in relationships you can have lockdown moments emotionally with, with, with emotional health and mental health there's many areas of our life that a person could experience something that they would say this feels like a lockdown
lockdown moment. It feels like I'm locked down, but I don't want to be locked down. I want to get the other side of the gate that's stopping me enjoying the things I know that God has promised I can enjoy. So if that's you today, whatever uh, scenario it falls into, I want to preach today to give you some hope that the best thing that you can do if you find yourself in a lockdown moment is to place your trust and your hope in God. Because the Bible says of God, it's him who can make a way where there seems to be no way. Maybe you're in a lockdown moment now in a situation facing circumstances that seem impossible. You can't see the way forward. I want to tell you there's a God who's committed to you and that God can make a way where there seems to be no way. He's the God that can open doors that no man can shut and he's the God that shuts doors that no man can open. Come on, if you're in a lockdown moment, maybe you've been in one and you're saying yes and amen to this, Andy. Maybe you're in one right now and you're saying, come on, preach it. I need to hear this. Or maybe you may go into one in the future. I want you to keep this information in your heart. There's a God who's bigger than anything that can lock you down in life. And the best thing you can do if you find yourself in a lockdown moment is place your faith and your hope in an unfailing God, in an un- a God that cannot be shaken. I want to encourage you today from a lockdown moment that someone in the Bible experienced and it's recorded for us to learn lessons from and I'm going to read from the book of Acts chapter 12 if you've got your Bibles with you turn to the book of Acts chapter 12 and again no notes today let's just see what God wants to say through this message I'm going to speak in from Acts 12 and then going to Matthew 16 just to give you a bit of a sneak preview now this is a moment and it's titled in my Bible Peter's miraculous escape from prison That's what it's titled in this Bible. I'm debuting a new Bible that somebody bought me today. My other one has finally fallen to bits, but I'm keeping it because I've scribbled in it. I've written in it. That Bible's going nowhere, but I'm breaking this one in a little bit today. All right. It says Peter's miraculous escape from prison. We could retitle that today. Peter's escape from lockdown. Peter's escape from lockdown because it really was a lockdown moment. Now, I'm going to start reading in verse one of chapter 12. Are you ready? If you've got your Bibles open, stay with me. It was about the same time. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them so he was arresting people in the church his intention was to persecute them to do them harm he had James the brother of John put to death with the sword this was a serious moment Herod wasn't playing games the church was in a moment where it needed to be walking in the footsteps of God it said he'd had James the brother of John put to death by the sword when he saw that this met the approval among the religious Jews he then proceeded to grab Peter also remember at this point Jesus is risen from the dead he's ascended the disciples are not living in buildings entrapped by buildings but they're in the streets they're in the courtyards they're preaching a risen Christ and Miley's preaching they come and grab Peter also and it says this happened this happened um, during the festival of the unleavened bread (coughs) after arresting him he put him in a prison Herod put Peter in a prison handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers soldiers each you've got to fear what God is able to do if you're going to give four squads of four soldiers each he's got 12 
soldiers guarding him. Herod knew that this guy was serving someone that was unstoppable. And he said, I'm going to put 12 guards on this person. Listen, it doesn't matter what the enemy may put around you to try and stop what God wants to do. Nothing can stop God. Listen to me. Nothing can stop God. It says Herod intended to bring him to public trial over the Passover weekend. So Peter was kept in a prison. Peter was in lockdown in a very serious way. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Don't be don't be forgetting to pray for your church leaders. Listen, the church leaders across our land are looking to bring the church into everything God wants it to be next. Make sure you're not criticizing. Make sure you're not attacking. Make sure you're praying for church leaders at this time. Have your pastors at the top of your list. Now it says the night before Herod was to bring him to trial. The night before, boy, this is an 1159 moment. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. So he's got 12 soldiers around him, chains everywhere. They've parked him between two soldiers. Herod was scared about what God was going to do next or what God could do next. He didn't know. He had no understanding of what God was going to do. But he knew that this guy, Peter, served somebody that was unstoppable. We serve a God today who's unstoppable. The God of Peter is my God today. The God of Peter is your God today. Come on, stop looking at the guards that are surrounding you. Stop looking at the chains. Stop looking at the gates that seem to hold you in and realise there's a God that can cause every prison cell to tremble, every gate to fall off of its hinges and every iron gate to open when he leads you out into victory. Come on, someone say amen. You can dance around the living room if you might. I don't care. It says, and the sentry stood guard at the entrance. They got him locked down good and proper suddenly don't you love the suddenlies of God when they thought they had it all worked out and then suddenly God showed his hand God made his move suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell that one a flickering birthday cake candle in the corner bang light turns up in the cell he struck Peter on the side the angel comes and gives Peter a slap why Peter's asleep why is Peter asleep he should be worried right now I'll tell you why Peter was asleep in a moment. The angel comes, bam, wakes him up. And he says to him, quick, get up, get up. He said, and the chains at that moment fell off of Peter's wrists. So an angel pitches up, it's pitch black. Suddenly light fills the cell. An angel pitches up, a messenger of the Lord slaps Peter around the head. Wakey, wakey, it's time to get up. And at that moment, the chains that were holding him fell from his wrists. Now listen to this, it just keeps getting better. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and your sandals, get dressed, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. I'm moving, get ready, get ready, put your sandals on, get your cloak on. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Now later on we see that Peter actually didn't know whether this was a dream or not, but he was loving it and went with it. Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that the angel, what, uh, he didn't had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought it was a dream. He thought he was seeing a vision or he was in a dream. He didn't realise that this was real time. That breakthrough that you were waiting for, it's happening right now. You're suddenly just came. They passed the first and second guards. Nothing can stop them. And listen to this. This is a bit I want you to underline. And, and they came to an iron gate that was leading into the city 
it opened for them by itself. Now we know it didn't open by itself. That was the hand of God on that gate. It wasn't just some wooden old gate. It was an iron gate. It was a gate that was built to keep people out and keep people in. You couldn't open that gate. One man couldn't open that gate. It was an iron gate, but suddenly the gate began, praise God, to open by itself as the hand of God began to move it. Oh, come on, it just keeps getting better. And it says, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel said, I'm out of here now, and left him. And then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt the Lord sent an angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen to me. And it says when it had dawned to him, he went to the house of Mary and the story gets comical now. He pitches up at the house of Mary and he's banging the door and there inside's praying, Jesus, Father, let let Peter go. Let him go. And Peter's at the door. The prayer's been answered. That's what we can be like sometimes. We're busy still praying because we don't understand God's done what we we were saying and the manifestation of the prayer is banging on the door and this woman Rhoda goes to the door and says who is it he says it's Peter she says it can't be Peter's in prison come on don't be worried when you don't feel you have faith in your prayer life these guys were praying and they didn't believe when the answer was knocking at the door eventually Rhoda goes to them and says Peter's at the door Peter's at the door and they turn around and they said I don't know where they're coming from oh it must be a spirit no it's not a spirit it's Peter God has answered your prayer he's broke the power of lockdown in this man life and the miracle is standing at the door eventually they let him in I don't want to focus on that bit of a story though it does preach well I want to preach on what Peter was thinking in the moments before the angel turned up that's my message today that's the thought I want to share with you all we know that he was in a prison there was 12 guards around him he was positioned between two guards there were many gates and there was an iron gate that was set to keep him in he was locked down but he was fast asleep He was fast asleep. Why was he fast asleep? Because he knew that God would make a way where there seems to be no way. He knew he hadn't finished his task. He knew that God's purpose for him on the earth wasn't done yet, so he wasn't going anywhere. He was resting. Just as Jesus slept in the boat, Peter was asleep in the prison. Here's a thought I want to throw at you, one that I've been thinking about the last couple of days. What was he thinking in those moments? I know what I'm thinking when I'm in a moment of lockdown, this and that. I'm battling fear. I'm battling, will you do it? What was Peter? What? was going through Peter's mind in that moment when he's surrounded by guards in a lockdown that seems impossible to be broken. I want to tell you what I think was in Peter's mind and it was this thought that helped him to go to sleep in the midst of things that seemed really real and really threatening. He knew the next day he was coming before Herod and Herod had got a lot of delight from the Jewish leaders in killing James and Herod was on a roll. He kind of knew that Herod had a plan in his heart for his harm, even his death. Yet he slept. Why? Number one, he knew that God hadn't finished in what he was doing. God hadn't done everything that he'd done to leave him to die in this moment. But God had a plan to end this lockdown. But the other thing I think that was happening with Peter right now, right? I think he was remembering a previous conversation. I really do. I really believe that in this moment when Peter's looking around, it's real. It's really happening. It's not a fantasy land. He's been arrested. He's in prison. He's in lockdown. The guards are there. They're probably beating on him and kicking on him. The gates are really there. But in that moment, he has a thought of a conversation that he had with Jesus that actually said to him, I've got nothing to worry about here. The God who parted the oceans will do something in this moment. The God who I serve will end this lockdown for me. 
And listen, I want you to get that confidence in your heart. The God that you serve is the one who can end the lockdown, whether it's emotional, relational, physical, financial. He's the one who can open the gates that can't be opened. Now, I want to read this to you because this just excites me. We're going to Matthew 16 now, Matthew chapter 16. And it's this incredible moment where we see Peter do something great and then do something stupid. It's that moment where he makes a statement to Jesus and Jesus says, that's awesome. You rock, Peter. And the next moment he says something else and Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. You intend the things of of man, not the things of God. It's like this epic moment. But have you ever had those moments where you did something brilliant, everyone's clapping and then you think, hey, I'm on a roll. You do something else and everybody stops clapping and you thought I should have stopped when I was winning this was this moment for Peter now I want you to listen to how Jesus um, answers what he 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 says to him when he responds um, that you are the Christ now listen um, I'm going to start reading in verse 13 now this is important when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi I want you to remember that place Caesarea Philippi This wasn't any old place. It's important that you know that right now this conversation is happening between Jesus and Peter in an area called Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples, who do man say that I am? Who does does man say that the son of God or the son of man is? Some of them replied, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But then suddenly Jesus gets all personal and he looks at his disciples and he says, what about you? Who do you say I am? Because you've got to understand it's not what your friends say Jesus is. The important answer to that question for you and me is who do we say he is? Who do we say he is when moments are great? And who do we say he is when moments can be confusing? Now, Simon Peter, this is his epic moment. He stands forward and he says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Peter steps forward. Epic moment. When everybody's going, Elijah, like they've entered into Google, who is Jesus? And they're just giving automated responses. All of a sudden, Peter steps forward. He says, no, 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 no. You are the Christ. You are the the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Now, Jesus replies to him, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. You're no longer Simon. You're now Peter. Right. You're Peter. Listen, this is powerful. This he says, I'm telling you, your name is now Peter. And on this rock, not on Peter, but on the revelation that he'd had that Jesus was the Christ. I will build my church. Here it comes. You ready? And not even the gates of hell will prevail against you. Can you hear the promise he's saying to Peter? Peter didn't know that he was going into lockdown. Jesus did. And this was the thought I believe that Peter was thinking when he was in those moments before the angel turned up and brought him to freedom. This conversation where he'd had with Jesus, where Jesus had revealed to him that he was the Christ. He wasn't just Joe Bloggs, another man, that he was the Christ. But then he says to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. The Holy Spirit, my father, revealed this to you. And he said, let me tell you your new name. You're no longer Simon, a reed blown in the wind, but you're a rock. And on this revelation that I am the Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And then he carries on and he's saying this to us as much as what he's saying it to them. I will give you the keys of my kingdom, the ones I took off of the devil, the ones I went down to hell and 
and took repossession off the keys of hell, the keys of death, the keys of impossible situations. He said, I'm not taking those keys to heaven. I will give you. I will. I will. Because he hadn't yet gone to the cross and done what he needed to do. But now he has, praise God. He said, I will give you. That will give you is the moment we now live in. I'm going to give you the keys of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I love that. What an powerful, what an encouraging scripture. Two things I want you to grab. As Peter was sitting in this prison in the moment before lockdown was broken. Number one, he remembered this conversation and he said, he is the Christ. He is the Christ. Yeah, all that's happening now, it's real, it's really happening. But wait a moment, I trumpet with this thought. He is the Christ. You see, the word Christ means Messiah anointed one. And this revelation that Peter had had was so powerful because the Jewish people believed in a coming Messiah, a coming Christ. And when the coming Christ would come, he would come and he would bring victory. He would overthrow injustice. He would set order where wickedness was removed and righteousness would prevail. The Jews believed in the coming of a Messiah or a Christ. But in that moment, what Peter was saying in this conversation in Matthew 16 was, you are him. You are him. The one my forefathers taught me about. The ones that Jewish priests, Pharisees, Sadducees couldn't seize and wouldn't seize told me was coming. You're the one. You're the Christ. You're the one to whom nothing's impossible. Now we know at this moment in time, Jesus was walking the earth. He was Jesus Christ walking the earth. He hadn't yet become Christ Jesus, the one who broke the power of the grave and came out of the lockdown of the grave. He wasn't the one yet who had ascended to whom nothing was impossible in this moment when Peter's talking to him in this area Caesarea Philippi he's saying to him you're the Christ meaning you're the one to whom nothing will be impossible he'd already seen him heal lepers he's already seen him heal the, the, the people that needed desperate situations changed but a revelation had risen in his heart you're not normal you are the son of God now Jesus Christ smiled and he said you've got it Peter you've got it don't ever forget that you see, not only did he know he was the Christ that was told that was coming, he knew he was the Christ that was here. In this moment, when he's sitting in a prison cell, he also knew that he was the Christ that was now in him. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on, somebody just spilt their coffee in a living room somewhere in the world. He wasn't just the Christ that had been foretold by the prophets of old. He wasn't just the Christ, the living Christ now walking the earth with him. But also now he was the risen Christ, the ascended Christ, because when Jesus walked the earth, he had a human nature and he had a divine nature. But when he rose from the death, he became unlike anything anyone imagined, all glorified, all glorified, all powerful, the God of glory, the God that could bring glory out of chaos, gardens out of graves. But Peter also knew in this moment he was sitting in his prison cell that Christ I didn't just walk with him. He didn't just come. I didn't just see him leave. But now he lives in me. Come on. I want to read you a verse. Go to Colossians. Colossians chapter one. And uh, I want to read you this statement uh, that Paul's preaching. And this is so powerful because whatever lockdown you may be experiencing right now, you need the first part of this revelation that he's the Christ. You need that. But you need to understand he's not the Christ in heaven alone. He's also the Messiah, 
the anointed unstoppable God now living in you. Let me read to you from verse 26. It says, the mystery that has been kept hidden for the ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, that's us, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. Come on, that's us. The glorious riches of this mystery that other people couldn't perceive. You want to know what that mystery is? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not just Christ coming, Christ with you, but now Christ in you, the hope of glory. You know what made Peter so happy? He knew he wasn't alone. He was in that prison cell, but Christ was in him, which meant there was a hope of glory. The ending wasn't like it had been sin to end. There was another ending coming around the corner. But another part I want you to catch is in that moment when after he realises he's the Christ, he turns to Peter. Jesus turns to Peter and he says, you got it, Peter. You've understood who I am. I'm not a mortal man. I'm the son of God now walking on the earth, the same one that's going to live in you by his spirit. And he says, because you've got this, listen, the church is going to be built on the revelation that Jesus Christ is King of Kings, Lord of Lords, risen and ascended. But then he turns around, and he says, and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against you, Peter. In fact, I'm going to give you the keys that you can bind and loose and take authority on the earth for my kingdom. Now, I want you, like I said, remember the area, Caesarea Philippi. That area was very interesting because often when you read the Bible, you think, yeah, Jesus is talking about the gates of hell as in some place we don't see. Yes, he was. But also you need to understand and you can study this yourself. This blew my mind when I was looking at it this week in Caesarea Philippi, where he was standing in that moment when he was speaking, there was an area, there was a cave called the gates of hell. In that place, it was a built up Roman city. Right. And you can look at this on YouTube. I'm telling you the truth. Yes, he did mean the gates of hell in the unseen when he made that statement. But actually where he was standing in Caesarea Philippi, that it was an epicenter for false god worship. And if you look online, you can see that actually there was this cave opening and it was called the gates of hell. And people believed that it was the entrance to Hades or the entrance to hell. It was an epicenter of false god worship and witchcraft. There were five different temples. This is the backdrop to Jesus when he's preaching or talking to Peter. There were five, a minimum of five different temples dedicated to false worship and sacrifice to other gods. One of them being the Pan, uh, that false god Pan, who was half man and half goat. There were sacrifices going on. And if you look at some studies on Google, you see that along, along the back wall or the, the cliff face, there were five, not one, five dedicated places of false god worship where children were sacrificed they would get kids and throw them into that cave called the gates of hell believing that they were feeding or appeasing some god some demon god it wasn't just uh, a metaphorical it wasn't just something that oh yeah the gates of hell will not prevail you there was a physical place in Caesarea Philippi called the gates of hell where people believed they could meet with other gods and false gods appease them and receive from them that's powerful Jesus stood there and said the gates of hell 
cannot prevail against you. It wasn't just um, a statement of the authority or potential of hell in the unseen. He was speaking about in this place right now, the gates of hell cannot prevail you. In this moment, I'm telling you these things, Simon Peter. I'm telling you these things, Peter. In an actual place where there's a cave called the gates of hell. What I'm telling you is in this moment where we are now, the gates of hell, every false god, every false religion, every wicked demonic thing will not prevail against you. Why? Because you know I'm the Christ and you will know that I'm the Christ that living in you the mystery restored come on somebody give him praise you know what happened when Peter began to go to sleep ah he's the Christ he's the Christ I don't understand what's going on but he's the Christ and he said no gate will be able to prevail against me that word prevail means hold back restrain not make accessible Peter went to sleep in that prison cell with a confidence like Jesus had in the boat when the storm was blowing (laughs) no 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 gate can prevail against me number one he is the Christ he wasn't just a man he was the son of God that's now risen from his earthly state being Jesus Christ he's now become Christ Jesus the one to whom nothing is impossible but he's not just a memory in my mind of somebody I walked with he's now living in me the mystery revealed the hope that I have that things can change in impossible situations is Christ now in me and with me the hope of glory so the angel pitches up and slaps him around the head wake up wake up Peter wakes up it must be time he doesn't know whether he's in a dream or if he's in a vision but he gets up he says hey I'm not staying around here he gets dressed and he begins to follow the angel and it says the angel took him past the guards that which man had put in position to try and stop what God was going to do man can do what it likes I don't give a rip what man is doing because God is still God he's still able to make a way even in moments of impossibility and suddenly the the doors begin to open boom 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 and Peter's going yeah no door can prevail against me come on get that in your heart no door can prevail against me yeah no door can prevail against me they go through the doors and then it says they come to a gate called the iron gate the iron gate and it says as they approached it this iron gate which was one of the entrances into Jerusalem opened apparently by itself this wasn't an, a, a gate like I said at the end of your garden that you, you you go into cut through to a field at the back of your house through it's not like the secret garden gate a little thing made of timber this was iron this was immovable the purpose of the gate was to keep enemies out now I want you to bear in mind you see they weren't coming out of Jerusalem Peter was going back in come on that's powerful you see the prisoners were kept outside of Jerusalem And if you read the Bible, it says, and the iron gate into Jerusalem opened. Come on, we got Christians at the moment going, God, open the gate so I can run away. Come on, get over it. This isn't time for us to run away. This isn't time for us to shrink back. This isn't time for us to sit down. This is time to realise that God is going to open some gates for us as individuals and the church. And he doesn't want us to use those gates to run away from what he's doing. Oh, I once served God, but now I'm going to do running on Sunday morning. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's not good for you. You can run seven days a week. You need to be a super as you can back in the house of God if you can't get to the house of God you need to be joining us online and preaching and jumping on your couch while you're watching 
This isn't time to shrink back. God takes no pleasure in people that shrink back. This is time to get up, get dressed and get ready to come through the door that God's opening for you individually, but also for us as a church. If you've not signed up for Build and Gather tonight, get signed up. Come on. Gates are creaking. They're about to open. You don't want to be reading stories of what we did when you could have been there. All hands on deck. This is a moment, I believe. We're not just naturally we're coming out of a lockdown, but God is bringing his church out in victory and in glory. Isn't it interesting that when the gate opened, it opened into the city. Do you want to know why? Peter knew his job wasn't done yet. I ain't retiring after lockdown. Get out of here. My best days are ahead of me. Watch this space. I've actually found myself in a new way during lockdown. I'm ready to get on with what God wants to do with me and Family Church next. I really am. You see, Peter didn't use the supernatural escape to run away because God wasn't giving him a supernatural escape to run away. It says that he went into Jerusalem, the same place that they were going to try him the next day, the same place that Herod was waiting to drag him before. But remember, that's what happened with the other disciples when the prison was shaken. It says, and the people and the guards looked for them. Read it in the book of Acts. And it says, and they found them preaching in the streets of Jerusalem. Listen, we're not coming out to hide. We're coming out to do what God wants done next. And I love this, that he came from a prison outside the gates of Jerusalem. And God opened iron gates, impossible gates to open to go back into Jerusalem. Why? Because his job was not done yet. His job was not done. What God wanted to do with and through his life was not done yet and the gates opened and he went back in what did he do he didn't take a week off he didn't have a six month sabbatical he didn't write a book on lessons i learned in a prison cell he said come on let's be having you who can i preach at which sick people can i pray for who can i upset in jesus name because i represent a kingdom that's not of this earth but it's now on this earth and i've got the keys of this kingdom you see to bind and loose and god wants me to share these keys with every believer so that they can begin to see their prisons open their lockdowns finished as well listen we're coming to a time where it looks like lockdown is ending in the united kingdom yes please jesus let there be no more hindrances i pray but you need to understand that this is a supernatural moment as well where god wants to break through and end your lockdown maybe you've been believing for a miracle a a situation a financial situation a, a relational situation something you've been battling emotionally i don't know what it is but god's saying i'm still god i'm still the christ jesus is still the christ he's a risen Christ the lockdown of a grave couldn't hold him down they locked Jesus down in a grave and they washed their hands and they said it's over but on the third day a heartbeat came back the power of the Holy Ghost caused Jesus to blow open a stone from an impossible tomb that no man could walk away from he walked away from he rose and then he sent his spirit not to live in a building made by man but to live in the lives of believers like you and me so that we wouldn't just put up with lockdowns that we don't need to put up with come on this is time guys can you feel it changing come on you've had my nice teaching when i went over the notes not today baby i'm out to impart something into your life get ready get ready get ready listen my last point is this he only needed to do one thing get up god was going to take care of everything else God somehow stunned the guards. I don't know how, what he did there. I wasn't there. 
God somehow opened the prison doors. I don't know how. He did that without keys. And God was the one who took responsibility for opening the iron gate. Why? Because he'd made a promise to Peter. The same promise he's made to you and me. No gate of hell in this earth, in the moment that you're in, will prevail against you. Just going back again to Matthew 16, I love the parallel between that. But yeah, the gates of hell Jesus was speaking of was the things of demonic plans that come against you through many seasons and different times. But he was also, I believe, pointing at the places of false worship. He was pointing at the place that was superstitiously held in regard by people that didn't know God. This cave called the gates of hell, where apparently the supernatural met with you. And, and he said, in this moment, Peter... And I believe God's saying to you and me, in this moment, Andy, in this moment, Simon, in this moment, John, in this moment, Stuart, in this moment, Betty, in this moment, Jane, the gates of hell will not prevail. Can you hear them rattling against you? Here's God's word to you today. I don't need keys. I speak and things that are impossible begin to open just as every star and gravity and the waves are held because I spoke once. When I speak, impossible gates open. Here's my thought I want to leave with you today. Come on, I preach myself happy today. I tell you, I'm going to have to run around the block in a minute or something. This is what I've missed about not gathering. It's just getting up and just preaching and, and just having, just letting God be God in a moment, okay? You know, I had some notes written down, but just before I felt God say to me, you don't need notes, Andy. Just, just preach what's on your heart, for goodness sake. Come on, preach it. I know some of you are fired up this morning. You begin to praise him. You begin to worship him. Stop singing songs about the gate. Sing songs about the one that opens the gate. Stop making up songs about what you've been through. Start to sing songs about what he's going to lead you into next. All Peter needed to do, all we need to do when we find ourselves in a lockdown moment, is get up, get dressed, get ready, because you know God's about to do something. God took care of the gates. God took care of the iron gate. God took care of 12 soldiers God took care of a soldier either side of him God took care of the chains God took care of the shackles God took care God took care God took care of God took care of God took care of it's like our salvation isn't it we do nothing except believe and trust him and then live in the good of what he's done listen for your lockdown breakthrough all you got to do is get up the same as Peter. Or you got to, you see, you've got some Christians that are like, I can't get up. Okay, you can, you can. Get up. Oh, I, I, I've got comfortable with my shoes off. Get uncomfortable. Put your shoes back on. Get ready for what God wants to do in your life personally, but also through his church. Because I want to tell you today, the church isn't going to fizzle out in some memory like some um, societies want it to, the atheist society and etc. We're not going to fade away. We're going nowhere. Read history. The, two, the church has been attacked and people have been trying to stop it. Every devil and every demon's been trying to stop it for 2,000 years. You can't stop something that God's building. The church wasn't built by man. Jesus said, I will build my church, a church that hell itself, every demonic power, every strategy of the enemy cannot prevail against the church when she's on her feet. 
Let's get on our feet for what God wants to do next. Come on, leave the how and the when, but just begin to say, Lord, I'm just going to do what Peter did. Two things. You are the Christ. I want to give that to you as homework today. Don't meditate on stuff that won't profit you any. Begin to meditate. And that's what I believe Peter was doing in that prison before he dropped off to sleep. I don't know what's going on here. They killed James yesterday. I don't get that. It killed him by a sword. I don't get that. I'm surrounded by guards. This one keeps snoring. The other one's nudging. I don't get this. But one thing I know, Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the anointed one to whom nothing is impossible. Another thing I know, Jesus, in the midst of a lot of stuff I don't know or don't understand, is that you said that no gate that was sent to hold me back will prevail against me. Listen, God's speaking that over your life and he's speaking that over family, church. The devil's been trying to stop the church for 2,000 years. Hopeless. Hasn't stood a chance. And nothing's going to stop the church of Jesus Christ coming into what God has got for her next. And I believe it's a time of incredible mass salvations where nations turn to God. It's a time of signs and wonders where we begin to see the miracles again. Come on, I've read the book of Acts and read about the miracles and they turned up. The leper was healed, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the dead were raised. And then I look at my life, I turn up and somebody puts the kettle on. I'm tired of that. I want to close the gap. I want to begin to see God break through again, like I saw him break through in the book of Acts. I believe we're standing right on the edge of it. Listen, it says in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. Don't be a foolish Christian, a foolish virgin that's let your love for God or your commitment to God grow cold in this hour. It's what the Bible says. It says in the last days, look around, guys. Look what's happening in Jerusalem. Look what's happening in, in Israel. Look what's happening around the world with plagues and famines. Look around. This isn't a time to play games with God. And this isn't a time to grow cold because it says in the last days, the love of not some, the love of many will grow cold. What does that mean? They'll stay asleep in the prison cell when God's saying, get up. I want to encourage you today. Get up for yourself, for your family. Get up, get back into the word, get your praise back in gear. And when it comes to family church, opening her doors to introduce the world to Jesus. Get up, get active and let's get ready, get ready, get ready. If you're watching today and you've never given your life to Jesus, oh, how you need to. I'm not even going to be polite about it today. You need to give your life to Jesus. I wouldn't want to live in this world right now without the confidence of knowing him. The good news is you can know Jesus. One prayer, I'm going to lead you in one prayer. And that prayer secures your relationship with God. Not a religion about God, relationship with God. I'm going to pray and when I say amen at the end, join me in an amen. Join me in an amen and God will hear your heart. You say, hearts can't speak. Yes, they do. When your heart speaks, God hears it. The Bible says, all who call on his name will be saved. Let me lead you in a prayer. Father, I thank you today that you are the one who saves. You are God who saves. You are the Christ. You are the one, Lord Jesus, to whom nothing is impossible. They put you on a cross and stuck you in a grave, but they couldn't hold you down because the law of life, the law of the Spirit of God in you was greater than anything that could come against you. We believe, Jesus, that you are the Son of God. We believe that you are the Christ. We believe you are the Anointed One. We believe you are the one who saves. We believe that when we put our faith in you, our names are placed in the Lamb's Book of Life that we move from separation into relationship. 
with a God that never stopped loving us. I believe, I believe, I believe. Amen. Say amen now if that's you. Maybe you've been away from God or maybe you're one of those ones that's let your heart grow cold. Say amen. Get back in the game. You've got to be in it to win it. Maybe you're watching today and you say, I've never known Jesus, but Andy, you've preached me happy. Say amen. Let a relationship with God start today. You'll be glad that you did. Listen, next week's going to be incredible. We're going to come off the back of this random preach we've had today into a series called Commissioned. And in this series, we're going to find our purpose for going forwards. God bless. Have an amazing week.